Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe Podcast Network. It's LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in Los Angeles and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this episode of Believe in Sparks, it's playoff time. Cindy and I discuss the playoff format, and the number three seed Sparks earned the first round by, so we'll find out how they've been preparing this week. That and more right now on Believe in Sparks. For the 19th time in 23 seasons, the Sparks have earned their spot in the postseason. They finished 22-12, and 12, including 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. Sydney, talk about what you guys did to come together in that last 10 games. I know in our previous show we talked about just how much of a blessing it was to have the whole crew back. Yes, I think that definitely helped our cause. We have been through the ringer this season in regards to adversity bodies in and out and um, the schedule with travel, it gets, it's a grind at the end. And so I think we have really, really high character in our leadership um, and they were able to pull us all together and keep us together as we close the season. And every game was important. We had a, a, a lot of parity and throughout the standings this season. And so as it came to the, to a close, we had to make sure that we were doing what we were capable of in order to set us up for, playoffs and so every game was super important and I think we took that approach going into um, practices into every game and um, thankful for for where we ended up in the standings. I want to stay on one word that you said in that whole thing. I always love listening to you speak, but the word adversity really stuck in my, in my mind. There's two ways you can look at adversity. Obviously, you can look at it as the way it first sounds. It's, it's tough. It's challenging. It's adversity. You can also look at it as a positive. In what ways do you feel that the Sparks as an organization, player by player, you individually, the coaching staff, how did you all turn that potential negative into a true positive throughout the season? I think a lot of times um, we as individuals choose how we respond to the word adversity and how adversity hits us because it's going to hit um, whether it's in your professional life, personal life, uh, you name it. It's, it's a lot of uncontrollables that you can do everything you can to get around it, but you really can't. And so I think we approached it with gratitude, knowing that the lessons that were going to come from um, the obstacles, the roller coaster ride, they were going to benefit us because we were going to choose that they were going to benefit us. And so um, I think we went into every day um, – making the most of what we had, the pieces that were there, the pieces that were going to come back, um, not really trying to, to bat an eye or to be affected by um, what was out of our control, but to take it on as a challenge. I mean, we're all competitors. We're in the industry of competing. And so yeah. uh, adversity was just another um, battle to defeat. And so we looked at it as, a, as one of our competitors. And that's how it's going to be going into playoffs too. I'm sure there's going to be um, adversity going in to these next few practice days. I mean, we still don't even know who we're going to be facing yet. And so then come Sunday, um, you know, it's off to the races. And so, yeah, I think adversity has actually become our best friend. I love that. And that's, that's something that can be applied. I mean, yeah, you're in the business of competition, but it can be applied 
in so many areas of so many people's lives because we all have adversity. It's how you look at it. And I love that you all have adopted that kind of attitude because that served you well. Yes, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I, I'm a person of faith and I, I look at, I've learned, especially uh, my first couple seasons within the, the league, um, that there are many things that I'm not able of, uh, able to control. And a lot of times I have to surrender um, to however I'm being moved, wherever I'm being placed, uh, trusting that in the end, it's all for the greater good. And so mm-hmm. um, it's, it's been a joy to take on adversity in a new way, in a healthy way, and to trust that um, it's all part of the plan. I love you, Sydney Weiss. I love I, you I, too, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I stand with you in all of that. And um, that we can share stories for days and days. But just to go back on, because this is such a great lesson too, you're going to be contending for a finals title. I just know that. You're going to be contending for a championship. I know that in my heart. And you came into the league. You mentioned this just briefly. When you came into the league, you came from a position where you were the big fish in college. You were, you were the team leader, I believe, in three-pointers made. Like you came in with a name and then you come in to a professional ranks and you have to make your way. You have to figure it out. And you found more time on the bench than you did on the floor, which was something you weren't used to. Now, for all of us that have that competitive mindset, how did you keep from getting down on yourself? And how did you take that time and say, you know what? I know I'm going to earn my minutes because I'm going to keep working hard, keep showing up, keep my faith strong. How did you not allow your time on the bench to hinder what you already knew you were capable of? I had to teach myself what uh, what voices to listen to um, because you enter in um, with those expectations uh, from college. You had I was fortunate to to play um, and have a pretty decent career and enjoy it and. Uh, have the opportunity to get drafted I mean that within itself is always a blessing and it's funny when you get drafted very quickly after you get drafted it's always okay but why why aren't you playing and then you lose sight of but I'm here yes (laughs) yes here and so it's it's a process I think I had to come to terms with um that it's not going to be an overnight success not everyone has that uh easy transition and I honestly I'm grateful I didn't because I was able to learn so many things on and off the court um, while I was trying to figure it all out and um, work through the different obstacles and the different lessons that um, I needed to learn personally. And every, everybody's journey is different, but whatever I had to go through, uh, the lessons that I had to learn, they were um, for me. They were purposeful. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. am thankful that um, God really took his time throughout all of those different lessons and he's still going to continue to take his time. And, um, it, it was tough. I definitely, I had moments where I thought I was done. I thought I had reached my peak as a player and, um, maybe the college was as good as it was going to get for me. And you know what? I had the opportunity to be in, in the W for a couple seasons and that's cool. And then I, when I was overseas in Israel, I had, I had a couple moments where, um, I was, I, my back was placed against the wall and I had to decide, am I going to fight for this or am I just going to give it up? And Mm. I decided I was going to fight. I still had, I saw who I can become as a player. I wanted to do what I had to do 
to continue to get there and to, to work for that. And I still love the game. And I think ultimately that's what I've carried throughout the transition is that love for the game, no matter who I'm with, no matter what country I'm in, what I get to do. I love basketball. And so mm. that love for whatever you get to do, that passion, that a lot of times carries you throughout those low moments. Because even though I was on the bench, um, I was still working. I was still putting in work, seeing myself as um, someone that I could eventually work to become. And no matter if other people saw it or not, I did. And that love has remained and I'm still going to pursue it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. And what wisdom you have in your 24 long years of life. <laughs> long years. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that. Thank you so much for oh, sharing. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Let's talk a little bit about playoffs for people that don't understand the format changed in 2016. So from 2010 to 2015, there were four sweeps in the finals. All were won by Western conference teams and the Indiana fever uh, were the only East team to win the championship during Tamika catching span uh, during that year. Uh, the league believes the format enhances the opportunity to showcase the best teams in the WNBA. And of course it does. The biggest changes in the format made the conference affiliation irrelevant. It mm-hmm. makes uh, for the playoffs. Yeah. So instead of the top four teams from each conference advancing to the postseason, it's the top eight in the league that advance. I think that's interesting and I like it because uh, I, I don't know. I like it. What are your thoughts on that? I do agree uh, with the format because um, it takes away, like you said, the conferences it, and it puts teams, if you're the best team, you're going to be placed accordingly. You're going to be given the proper seed. And so there are tiebreaker um, stipulations that come into play for, you know, if a team has the same record, they look at what's their record in the, within the conference, not only within the, like if you have an overall same standing of like 18 and 13, whatever at wins and wins and losses, how did they compete against their own conference? Then they start to look towards that when it comes to final seating placement. Uh, but I like it because then when you get into these um, single elimination games, when you get into the semifinals and final series, um, you're going to be going against top competition regardless of conference. Yep. Yep. That's right. And you mentioned a uh, single elimination. So the first two rounds are one and done single elimination for seeds five through eight, while the third and fourth seed teams receive buys to the second round. The sparks are a number three seed got the first round by you'll be watching Phoenix Chicago very closely tonight to see who you will host on Sunday, the 15th. Let's first talk about where you're watching the game and with who. Well, right now, actually, the Chicago and Phoenix game just tipped off. So I'm in my apartment watching the beginning of it. And then we, as a team, have a watch party going on. Um, and so we're all going to be together watching the second game, assuming that we'd be playing one of those two teams. But you never know. Phoenix could pull it off. And then if they yeah. pull it off, that's who we're going to be facing. It's going to be interesting. Let's talk about that. Who? Let's. The four teams are playing right now. Give us a quick breakdown of who – you would find the better matchup would be against and why it's playoffs is like a clean slate. Everyone amps up their competitive energy. Everyone performs at the highest level possible because now you're playing for something for real. I mean, those one and done games are no joke because if you have a bad night, you're done and that's it. You're done. And so I can't even really put into play who would be the best matchup or the easiest matchup for us because it's, 
everyone at this point is out for blood. That's right. Yeah, you're exactly right. So having the buy put you in a position to where you haven't played by the time you play on Sunday at your first game of the playoffs, which will be round two, technically, you will have had not, not off days, because I know you've had to work every day, but you haven't played competition it for one week between the end of the regular season to your first matchup in round two of the postseason. What is the benefit of that versus the disadvantage of that? I think, um, I mean, I haven't had this specific experience yet in regards to having, because last year we had, we didn't have a bye. And then the year before that, when I was in it, we had a double round bye. And so I didn't, we were already in a series. This I think is good because you don't have a lot of time to rust, to get rust from not playing, from not performing. I think a week is plenty of time to rest, to, to make sure that we take, take care of our bodies. Uh, but we also are in practice working, um, competing against each other, making sure that we stay in that game mode, game shape. And then um, sun, when Sunday comes, it's like, all right, we get a chance to take care of business. If we do have rust, work through it as fast as we can because we need to win. Um, and then once we hopefully get into um, the series, we have one game and a one game edge on the team we'd be facing because we had competed already. Mm -hmm. So I like it. Yeah, good. Well, as challenging as Derek Fisher can make practice, as hard as each player can go during that practice, you still can't manufacture game action. Exactly. So what do you do to mentally prepare for that? Um, I think just when we are – on the floor competing, whether it's in drills, um, even in the weight room, whatever it is, you put yourself in that game day mindset. You keep yourself there. Um, even if it's not five-on-five five action, live action, <laughs> you want to shoot every shot in that drill like it's for the championship. And so yep. we've been trying to build those habits throughout the course of the season. So this isn't any surprise to us when we go into playoffs. Um, because we know that we have been competing hard in all that we do. I love that. And if you have not gotten your tickets yet, make sure you visit sparks.nbawmba.com and make sure you get your tickets right now to see Sydney Weiss and her teammates, the LA Sparks. They will be at home. It would be, I'm going to say it will be their 15th consecutive victory on their home floor. Woo! If you are <laughs> right, <laughs> if you are interested in advertising on this show, please contact believe at believe.com. And if you enjoy the show, and of course y'all do come on now, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. Find us at believe.com and also on uh, at believe.com on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget, Sydney and I are also on Twitter and Instagram. SwissBaby24 and Stacy Pates is where you're going to find us. And I have a few words to describe Sydney Weiss. This came from teammates, even your head coach. And I want you to hear these words. I want these all to soak in for you. You're effective, dependable, a valuable contributor, positive. Derek Fisher says consistent. And your personal word for the season so far has been grateful. When you hear all of those words about yourself, I hope it gives you an extra motivation because you are a very, very special person, um, more so off the floor than you are on, and you're pretty darn special on the floor. Thank you so much. It's I, my word. I mean, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not a surprise. <laughs> I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for 
um, the game and for the people that I've been able to meet because of it and that it's still um, a major part of my life, um, but mainly because it leads me to to really cool people like yourself. And so mm. it's an honor to work with you and to continue to um, build this relationship and to also spread some love to all these Sparks fans out there. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And thank you for your words. And Sparks fans, get out and support Sydney Weiss and the LA Sparks. Round two of the playoffs, 2019, Sunday afternoon. It'll be 12 o'clock. Is that right, Sid? Yes. 12 p.m. on Sunday the 15th at Staples Center. Get your tickets now and support your L.A. Sparks. Sydney, thank you so much. Enjoy watching the games tonight, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you. Go Sparks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.